Hello everybody and welcome to the Cine Place podcast mini-series um, Cinema Spotlight and I've very kindly been joined today by Paul McDonald-Taylor who is the Head of Film and Visual Art at Eden Court which uh, you guys are in Inverness aren't you? Up we in, are, yeah. In the Highlands. So you are Scotland's largest combined arts venue and you have a lot going on so what I'll do is I'll hand it over to you um, and if you want to give us a bit of an outline of, of the, the services you provide and, and the centre and sure. all that kind of jazz. Yeah, um, well Eden Court opened in 1976 um, as a single theatre venue and then over the years we've become, um, we've got two theatres in the building, two cinemas, um, dance studios, so we, we do a, a, a wide range of things. Our, our building is quite unique in that over the years um, that have been added to it, so a third of it was built in the 19th century and a third in the 20th and a third in the 21st. So okay, that's nice, yeah. Our, our building spans three centuries, which is kind of fun. We've also got art gallery spaces, which um, I curate, and I also do everything cinema-related at Eden Court. Fab. Um, so for the, the cinema side of things, you guys, you have the two cinema screens, don't you? Um, we'll get on to your event cinema programme shortly, which is obviously what we're here to to look at in a bit more detail. Um, but should we... I mean, you, you have just given us quite an interesting fact about the kind of the three buildings over three decades, but um, do you have any other interesting facts about Eden Court? There's kind of so much that happens here. You get kind of lost over the years. I mean, I've been here... I joined Eden Court when I was 22, so in January it'll be 20 years since I've been here. So I've been here kind of half, half, half the time Eden Court has been here. So it's been quite a while. You guys had a quite a big development, didn't you? Um, back in was it 2004? Yeah, 2005, six we were closed for two years, and um, we added a second theatre and our dance studio spaces, where we offer kind of higher drama and higher dance classes to school pupils in Inverness and the Highlands. Um, and two full-time cinemas as well. And before that, the cinema was crammed into the the 19th century part of the building. It kind of felt like a living room you were in, and we kept that feel when we kind of reopened. So um, it's a very welcoming place, even court. The the building was built in the 19th century. It's mainly used for kind of conferencing and events now and office space. It's a great building to work in, and it's there's so much going on. You just never know what to do what you can see really yeah okay there's, there's everything how how many are there in terms of uh, the team how many people are working there including full-time and part-time there's over 150 people oh uh, right okay yeah i think there's 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 around 40 or 50 part, uh, full-time and the rest are you know, part-time workers for kind of front of house and ushers for the shows and we don't have any volunteers everyone's paid so just to look at uh, yourself very briefly, Paul, so you, you say you've been there for nearly 20 years. So, um, you know, how did you kind of, how did you end up at the, at Eden Court and, and what does your role entail? Yeah, well, I, I started here in January 2000 um, as a trainee projectionist. It was only meant to be a six month um, kind of course, if you were. And then the projectionist left, so I got offered the projectionist job. And then in 2005, when the building closed for two years, the cinema moved from Eden Court to just along the, the river to a temporary space, and the programmer left then. So I did the projection on programming for two years. And then when we reopened in 2007, November 2007, um, as predominantly just the, the, the programming side, I, I, I do now. So that's everything from your kind of mainstream through to your event cinema. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a, a multiplex in Inverness. It's an eight screen, 
and it it does most of the the larger new releases. So we we do everything else that you don't really have a chance to see in the Highlands. There's no kind of cinema nearer. Kind of Aberdeen, Dundee, Glasgow, Edinburgh. You have to go to to see the independent films, art house, foreign language documentaries that we show. Okay, fab. So you're filling that niche. That's great. Um, okay, so let's have a look at, at event cinema then and how it kind of features for you guys. Um, do you want to talk to me a little bit about your event cinema program? Which which pieces of content are your most popular, and why why you think that might be? Yeah, we. We, we started with event cinema about 10 years ago after a year's planning permission battle to get the, the dish put up on, on the roof because we're a grade one was the building. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So um, that, was, that was very enjoyable. Yeah, it sounds it, yeah. Because we've got two theatres, we've already got an, an audience that are used to going to the opera and the ballet and to theatre, to drama, um, as well as music events. So we, we kind of already had that audience, thankfully, to draw from for the cinema, for the live events trans- transmissions. So when we started doing them, they were very successful. And straight off, I think um, National Live, National Theatre Live and the Royal Opera House were the first ones that we that we started with. And um, they kind of, they, they started off very strong and then they dropped off a little bit. And then they've kind of picked back up. Now I think with the Royal Opera House, I think we're in Scotland, I think we're one of the busiest, I think in the country. For their product, which is fantastic, um, but it's, it's just because Inverness is so far away from London, uh, the event cinema stuff is just—it's fantastic that we we can do it to offer something to people that otherwise would be kind of very cost prohibitive. Yeah, so that the um, accessibility factor is a big one for you guys. When did you start your event cinema? When when did you kind of look to to kick that off? Um, I think it was around 2010 that we first started. I think that perhaps one man, two governors was one of the first ones that I think was getting a 10th anniversary screening or something. Um, if, if, I'm, if I'm right. Um, that was one of the first ones that we, we showed. And the National Theatre stuff does very well. Kind of known, known kind of brands do well, like a flea bag that's on, um, has sold well. And um, I think the Present Laughter that's on in December is selling well. But if kind of new pro- productions tend to be a little bit quieter I think people have a little fear of the new perhaps okay probably the, the, the same everywhere yeah so something like like Hansard the National Theatre is doing in November I think it's going to be quite quiet compared to some of the more more known works oh I see I see what you mean so more specifically within the National Theatre Live umbrella so if it's a, a big production yeah, with a... that or with um, RSC as well if they do kind of more niche Shakespeare plays they don't tend to yeah, be yeah, quite yeah, as well yeah. Um, what do you think was your most successful piece of content to date? Do you can you pick one out of the out of the roster that you've put on? Actually, Fleabag that's on this month sold out very early, so that that was very quick. So we're going to, have to do. We've got two encores on sale already, and they've sold well too. Um, Andre Rayu sells out every of single course, time. Of course, yeah. Well. <laughs> that's seems a familiar story. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not as big as fan I could say, but oh, really? <laughs> people pe- people love coming to see him now. Yeah, kind of three or four screenings of each and they all go really quickly and everyone comes in and out with such a big a big smile afterwards, which is always Yeah. Always nice to see, I think. So are you responsible for booking the actual program in or is that another member of the team or No, it's me. I do I I 
I book in everything that's in our cinemas. We have a theatre programmer who does the works in the two theatre spaces. The the second, the smaller theatre space also doubles as a cinema. We use it as a cinema kind of a few weeks a year, but it's predominantly a theatre space. And we have someone who programmes them. Um, I think in a couple of weeks' time, we've got Amelie the musical in there. And we do a lot of kind of big touring shows, um, as well as Scottish Opera, Scottish Ballet, and National Theatre of Scotland. And we get lots of large productions in that space. Our larger theatre space is around 900 seats. As you, you are responsible for booking the programme, um, what kind of thing do you look for? Um, do you kind of go on past shows that you know have you know they've had a star name attached to them or um as you say you know there'll be some name recognition of the actual um play or show or whatever it is um or do you do you try anything new every now and then or how how do you approach it paul um yes and no i think um if something's got larger brand recognition or a larger name attached i might do more encores of it than i would otherwise but i would still take the the newer works and the lesser known works as well for at least the live screening um, and then if that sells well we'll do an encore of it as well further down the line but I'd, I'm, I wouldn't be so keen on only taking things that people know, that people have heard of, I think it's important to have that mixture of, of new work and more obscure work alongside that so that when you are selling something that you know is going to sell well you can then promote what you think We'll be a little bit quieter to try and push more people into that to give them a new, new experience, something different. Um, it's the same thing that we do with our cinema programming here, um, with the regular films, not the live events that we do. Like the, we've got Downton Abbey on for the next couple of weeks, but we'll have that alongside. Um, we've got like Transit, the German-French film, and documentaries on it at the same time, so that people have a variation of things to see. That it's not the same thing and it's just what we, I try to do for the, the live events as well to try and mix it up as much as I can yeah, so fair. that people are seeing the Royal Opera House but they're also seeing smaller ballet companies and smaller opera companies as well that they wouldn't otherwise perhaps have heard of but um, gives them a good introduction I think and just opens up a larger world for people instead of just having the big things that they know So if, if you put something on so something slightly lesser known um and it is quieter than you perhaps predicted or, or as quiet as you expected it to be or whatever, um, do you have a kind of a way to approach it differently? Do you give it a bit of extra promotion? Like you say, you cross-pollinate with the audiences that come in for the, the well-known stuff, but would you do anything differently with something that you think might be less successful? No, I think it's just a case of trying to target more marketing work. We've got a good marketing team at Court, and they know who to speak to and who to put information out to. Um, some things, some things just won't find an, an audience. And with some productions, you know, if you work a little bit harder, you're going to find that audience. And it's people who've come to other shows at Eden Court and just trying to trying to work hard to find that. It's not it's not always possible to know what's going to do well or what's not. You just have to it's a bit potluck at times. But if something doesn't do well, it's never going to put me off doing something else that I don't think will do well. Okay, great, yeah. So like you say, kind of opening up uh, new experiences to people. Yeah. yeah I yeah, think it's fun. really boring just having the same thing on over and over. Yeah, of course. I, think <laughs> I agree. You need, you need something new. You need, you need to kind of mix it up. You need to try and say, tell someone, yes, you're going to watch Roland and Juliet, but why not come and watch this? 
this kind of less well-known drama, like say Hans Hart is coming out. Um, why don't you come and see this as well? Or, um, but you know, because you never know who you're, you're going to find if someone gives something a chance, and you never know what you what you what you're going to like until you've tried it. I think. I mean, I've tried opera over and over, and I know that's not really for me. But um, ballet, I kind of really love. So, it, which I'd never expected to. It took me a little while to get into it. it was the I think the Scottish Ballet's performance of um, Streetcar Named Desire, which really kind of pulled me into it. So as long as I know there's a story, then I just go along with it. It's wonderful. But opera, I can't, I can't quite get into. If we're talking about your kind of uh, individual events, um, what what do you consider sort of the essential factors, if you like, to making it a success? So um, on the day, you know. Do you have um, anything different going on? Do you ever decorate the cinema space? Like, how do you? What are those ingredients that you think are essential to making it successful? Not really. I don't think we do anything kind of physical like that because you know we've got the theatre spaces as well, and there's always so much going on. It's quite hard to turn the building over for one event that's on at any one time. So we could have a you know we we could have a big musical in our larger theatre space and the smaller traditional music show in our smaller theatre and then have the event cinema in our larger cinema and then alongside a documentary or a foreign language film in the other cinema. So with that as well as all the classes that are happening here as, as well, then it's quite tricky to turn the building over for one thing unless it's a longer themed event like a larger festival or something. It's quite hard to do that. So you guys kind of focus more on just good quality content that you know there's an audience for. Yeah. 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 And we've got a very nice personable staff and for the live cinema things, there's the handouts that people have and they get them. So that kind of makes it feel a little bit different. But we don't do anything kind of specific for any one show. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing um, in terms of the scheduling and programming, between the kind of the cinemas and the theatre, you have to try and avoid clashes there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's some opera, so we or ballet that we won't be able to take if they're within a couple of weeks of us getting the Scotch opera, Scotch ballet in the building. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so we 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 might have to do a, an encore a little bit later if we can, or we have to miss it out. That happens occasionally. So yeah, so we don't. But um, the audiences that come to one do come to the other, but not in the same week. So, but they're they're only real clashes. Uh, have there been any examples where you've put something on and it hasn't done as well, but you think it might have been for this reason, or you've then kind of changed anything with a, a an upcoming show that was that you were also expecting to be quieter? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, not really. There's there's a lot of the the live music ones that I don't take. Like there was, there was the I take that one. It was that in the summer at some point, but that same week we had a tribute band on here, so it would have been kind of strange to take that and view the uh, multiplexes in Inverness. They tend to take the larger kind of band live streams. Yeah, we we I know that we don't really get the audience so much for that, but for something like um, the Cure one that was a few months ago, we did really well for that. So. And I think there's an NXS one coming up later in the year. So I'm pretty sure we'll do really well for that. But 
the ones with a slightly younger slant, probably we won't get as much of an audience for. Okay, so what what kind of demographic do you tend to get in? Is it slightly older, so more appreciative, like you say, of, of the opera and ballet type genres? Yeah, or? yeah, kind of, kind of, I guess mid thirties onwards would be our core audience. We do program to younger audiences, and we do a lot of work to get them in the building. And for some things, it works very well, and for some things, not quite as well. And I know in the cinema, what will won't work, but the the live event stuff is. It's a little bit harder to predict, I think. Lots of venues, lots of kind of art house cinemas especially, I think, have that as well. There's lots of work going on to try and get that younger audience, but they do tend more towards kind of multiplex experience for their cinema than kind of art house cinemas. Do you have any thoughts on, on you know, any different types of content that might work to get them in? Or Yeah, no, we do quite a lot of different things. And the live, our live programme, there's a lot of um, events for younger audiences, especially kind of primary school age or younger than that. So we do get a lot of that age in the building, just not so much in the cinema as we do in the theatre spaces. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Have you ever tried any of the kind of family family um, cinema contenty stuff? Peppa yeah, Pig. we did the yeah and the the bite sized ballet. Oh yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Yeah, the kind of forty minute ballets. They 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 did quite well. So we're fine for that kind of under 12 range, like the, the age when you're getting taken by your parents. But when it, when it, when it becomes less cool to have your parents uh, take yeah. you somewhere, I think they kind of shy away for a decade or so. Okay, great. So um, just to wrap things up, Paul, what do you think, if we're speaking on a broader sort of industry approach, um, you know, do you think there's anything different we could be doing to grow event cinema? Um, we've obviously touched on the sort of younger audiences being a bit of a tricky area. Um, you know, do you think it's about trying some really different content like esports in cinema, um, or could there be more to more to the, you know, like fancy dress kind of screening or any any ideas along those lines? E- esports are not that keen on, I have to say. I think it's great when you're you're the one playing it, but if you're sitting there watching two other people playing it, you kind of want to be playing it yourself. Yeah, that's fair. Have you have you guys tried any esports content in the cinema at all? Not, not a publicly done thing. I have on occasion taken my PlayStation in and plugged it up and played it on the big screen a few times, which is which is a lot of fun. It's very enjoyable, um, but I tend to be too busy to do that often. We might to do it once or twice, sadly. Um, but I think waiting and watching other people do it, I think, doesn't work so much for me. But it's it's huge. Any any other ideas? Do you think there's anything in the kind of you know making it an event in a sort of? I I understand the log- logistical problems you guys might have with a lot going on in the building. But if say none of that was an issue and you could do what you wanted, what kind of direction would you would you take it in if you had complete free reign? Kind of exactly the direction that we're going in at the moment. Okay, well, that's great I've, then. I've, I've, I've got pretty free reign on the cinema product and what we've taken. So there's no, I don't think, I think it would be great to get a younger audience, but realistically that might not happen. But it doesn't, doesn't stop you continuing to try and trying different things and seeing what works and what doesn't work. I think the most important thing is just to have a, a wide range of products. So, so something you, for everybody. You don't leave anyone out. Yeah. Yeah. And if people want to try something something new then they will and if they don't then they they won't I always make sure if we've got say a larger um, brand name film 
on for a week or two. I always make sure to have a live event trailer on with it and a foreign language trailer on with it so that people see that we do other things as well to try and give them that, that option to come to something that perhaps they might not otherwise come to. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something a little bit bit more niche, yeah. bit bit different, isn't it? That's great. So thank you for giving me just a uh, a quick sort of tour of your event cinema programme and what you guys look to do. Um, no, thank you for having me. Not at all. Thanks, Paul. This was the Cine Place podcast mini-series Cinema Spotlight. Um, I'll be back soon with another episode, so I'll speak to you all soon.